Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Our show today is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that lets you quickly and easily get a clean and professional website up and running for your computer or tech-focused business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. It's also brought to you by Computer Business Breakthrough. Computer Business Breakthrough is an online training program where you can learn how to escape the grinding break-fix mindset of cheap clients and feast or famine finances so you can focus on becoming a truly sought-after expert in your field. Check it out at computerbusinessbreakthrough.com. All right, today on the show we have Monica Louie. She's going to join us from Flourish with Facebook to talk in depth about Facebook ads. We'll discuss how to tap into the power of the pixel, why you should never boost a post, and some common mistakes to avoid when getting started. Plus, we'll discuss whether it's worth it to start your own Facebook group and the age-old question of whether or not you should display your prices on your website. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to be to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the TechSite Builder Facebook page, click on the following tab, and then select See First. There's a little option there that says See First, and that'll ensure that every time we go live with a new episode, it'll jump up to the top of your Facebook feed if you're logged into Facebook. All right, guys, thanks for joining us uh, on this episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about Facebook ads, uh, and that's always a, a topic of interest for folks because it's just, you know, there, there's a lot of potential there and there's a lot you can do there, but it's complicated. Um, so in a little bit, we're going to be talking to our guest, Monica Louie, and she's going to help us kind of dig into some of the, uh, some of the, you know, the quirks of Facebook ads and how to make them as effective as possible. Uh, but before we get into that, just got a couple, um, house cleaning things and, and news for you guys. Um, you know, this, this past weekend was actually one of the best weekends I've ever had since I've been running a business. And it was all thanks to Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um, I've done Black Fridays and Cyber Monday sales before, but I did a little tweak this year and it turned out to be really good. Um, and you might've heard about this if you're in the, in the Facebook group. Um, but, uh, one of the things I did was I, I did a, a customer loyalty discount as well. So not only was I doing discounts for new, uh, customers, um, to TechSite Builder, uh, and um, Computer Business Breakthrough, which is the training course uh, I have. Um, but I also did a loyalty uh, discount for existing TechSite Builder users. And I th and that was a huge success. And I think that's something that a lot of um, service providers and vendors overlook is, is you know, providing discounts to your existing clients. Uh, one of the things I did uh, was um, offer a lifetime membership to TechSite Builder. Uh, and just a once, you know, that was the only chance that you could ever sign up for TechSite Builder for life. 
Um, and I just wanted to offer that to folks who, who you know, had been longtime subscribers and didn't plan on going anywhere. I wanted to, to thank them for their loyalty. Also, um, something I did, and, th- and this is something you can do in your computer shops as well, is you can offer um, a discount only if a customer purchases something for full price. So what I did for the the concierge services, which is like our, the add-ons for tech site builder users, like blog writing and SEO and, and that kind of thing, um, I offered uh, a buy one, get one 50% off. So um, I think that's a good idea if you have certain things that take a lot of work and you don't want to discount, discount them too much. Uh, you can do something like that where they have to buy something at full price first. Um, not only will that avoid you know those discount shoppers who are only looking to purchase things on discount. Um, you're, you're, you know, you're making them purchase something at full price, but then you're giving them the discount afterwards. Um, and you can, you know, make it so they stack. So if they buy a bunch of stuff, you can get a bunch of discounts on top of that. And that's what I did. And that, that went super well. I actually have a huge backlog of, of concierge services that I now have to deliver. Um, but, but it was great. And so I, you know, I, I think there's a lesson to learn there. I know a lot of a lot of us, especially in the computer business and IT services field, are hesitant to discount. Um, you know, rightly so. I mean, we feel like it might it might you know devalue our services uh, and you know attract discount shoppers and the kind of people we don't want to attract. Um, but there are ways to do it where you can provide discounts or provide incentives or bundle things together um, to to provide those those incentives. Um, and Black Friday, I mean, people are just running around the street with their credit card out on Black Friday, and they just are looking for stuff to buy. So, you know, I, I urge you to, to put something in front of them, some kind of service or something. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are just, they don't even think about it. They're just buying stuff on Black Friday. So um, something to think about. Um, it was a, it was a success for us. Um, also, just wanted to mention that something new that's out there now is the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter. Uh, this is a weekly newsletter um, that is released every Wednesday that just has you know uh, a bunch of curated tips and tricks for marketing your computer business. Um, you'll, you'll you'll get updated links to the podcast, the recorded podcasts. Um, there's a new series I'm doing called Website Wednesdays, where I talk about different things you can do to improve your website. Um, and then we also share things like articles uh, from around the internet about marketing. Um, we highlight certain Facebook posts from the Facebook group. And then every week I have a tip of the week, uh, just a small little tip to help you uh, inspire you with your marketing. Um, so, you know, it's it's just a nice little thing to get in your inbox to kind of help kickstart your marketing every week. If you want to subscribe to that, head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. And right there at the top of the page is the sign up form to get that newsletter. So I'd love to see you guys over there. All right. And before we jump into the interview today, just want to give a quick shout out to our first sponsor, and that is TechSite Builder. You guys know TechSite Builder. It is the place where you can go to get a website up and running for your computer business. We make it very easy to do that. You sign up and within an hour, you can have a fully fleshed out website for your IT services business that's mobile responsive, that's SEO ready, that's fast, um, and that has all the important information, but none of the stuff you don't want, which can happen you know, if you go to just purchase a random WordPress theme or you go to Wix or Squarespace. None of their stuff is really optimized for computer businesses, and that's where TechSite Builder shines. 
Uh, we have you know uh, walkthrough videos that help you get everything set up if you're not sure what to do, and then we come out continuously with tutorial videos and and uh, stuff to help you build your own website successfully. Of course, if you don't have time to build your own website, then we do offer those concierge services that help you, um, or that will you know you buy those and then we set up different parts of your website for you, whether it's the content writing blog posts, doing keyword research, um, doing SEO, creating landing pages. There's tons of different concierge services you can sign up for. But first, you have to be a TechSite Builder member. Um, and it's super cheap, uh, super affordable. Just head on over to TechSite Builder. And if you need a website, uh, TechSiteBuilder.com. Sorry, I forgot the, the dot part. TechSiteBuilder.com. Uh, and, uh, and check it out. If you need a website or your website needs a refresh or your website's just not working well for you, uh, check out Tech Site Builder. All right, without further ado, here we go with the interview today. I have Monica Louie. She's a Facebook ads coach who helps ambitious online entrepreneurs grow their impact and profits by harnessing the power of Facebook ads. She's also the creator of a course called Flourish with Facebook Ads, and that's a step-by-step Facebook ad system to help bloggers, coaches, and online experts create campaigns that convert. And we'll talk more about that later. But first, I just want to welcome you, Monica, to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, so, you know, this is Facebook ads is always a, a hot topic in, in the Facebook group, <laughs> of course, in the Facebook group, Facebook ads. But just in general, you know, it's, it's still kind of a new thing. Um, it's still it's changing all the time. Um, and, you know, people... People have tried it a little bit and it doesn't work. And then they think it, it just doesn't work, you know, to begin with. So th- this is kind of a, a topic that I love talking about and I probably could never talk about it too much. Um, so before we jump into that, though, I just kind of want to get an idea of your background, let people get to know you a little bit. So if you can just kind of let us know, you know, where you come from um, and what in your you know, professional life led you up to where you are today. Sure. So I am Monica and I'm married with and son and a daughter ages six and almost four. And um, so I live right outside of Portland, Oregon, but on the Washington side. So Pacific Northwest, born and raised. And um, so I started in the, in financial services as my corporate career and ended up um, wanting to stay home when I was pregnant with my son, wanted to stay home, wanted more flexibility in my schedule And um, so I ended up making the shift to stay at home. And that's when my husband and I um, had to dive deep into budgeting and getting on track with our finances to make that adjustment. And we ended up uh, not only trying to stay afloat, but paid, decided to tackle our debt to make us feel less vulnerable living on just his income. So we ended up paying off $120,000 of debt. in two years on a single middle-class income. So that led to my first uh, online business with our debtfreefamily.com. So I started a blog because people were asking us how we were doing this just on a single income. And so that led me into the online world and learning all about online marketing. And that's where I started using Facebook ads for the first time. And with that, I ended up having really great success with my Facebook ad campaigns for that business, getting people to join my webinar, register for my webinars that my blogging friends started asking me for help with their Facebook ad campaigns. And I ended up after helping a few people and helping them get great results, I ended up realizing that 
helping other people build their businesses, really my true passion. And um, so I ended up selling the first website last year and then transitioned to becoming a full-time Facebook ads coach. And so I've been working with a lot of great online entrepreneurs um, for over this past year, and it's been phenomenal. We've been getting some great success, and that leads me up to here, where we are today. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I have kind of a similar story in that, you know, I started in the IT services business and computer repair, and I, and I like doing that, and I had some success with that. While I was doing that, I was also blogging about it. And I found that I liked the blogging part almost more than I liked the running the computer business part. Um, and so, you know, I started getting to know these guys and and hearing their stories and stuff through through the blogging. And eventually, I just kind of went went that direction to where now I just help computer business owners. Um, and just like you, you know, that's something that I'm really passionate about. I like teaching. I like helping others. Uh, and it's it's great to be able to do that at scale. You know, through the internet. So, exactly. you know, I, I definitely um, feel you there. So cool. Um, and pay, paying off $120,000 of debt. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's no small task. So uh, I bet, you know, figuring out how to do that required a lot of discipline, a lot of systematizing, a lot of the kind of stuff that helps in every aspect of running a business and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so so let's dig into the Facebook ads. I mean, there's so many different directions we can go with this. Um, I kind of wanted to start, uh, you know, we have a kind of a technical uh, crowd who, who watch this. Um, they're really into computers. They like figuring stuff out. They like tinkering with things. Um, but still, Facebook ads and, and just the whole ecosystem and how they work is very new, very different to a lot of my audience. Um, and I know uh, one of the one of the most important things, uh, and we've talked about Facebook ads on the show before. Um, early, one of our first episodes when we were talking to Robert Simmons, uh, he was kind of giving us an intro into Facebook ads. And now, um, now I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was the uh, the dreaded pixel. Right? This is a, this is a thing that we know we need, and we heard about it. And Facebook says we need to install it somewhere. Um, so you can kind of just intro intro the pixel and why it's important, not only for Facebook ads, but just in general. Sure. So, um, well, uh, to start off, I mean, I can completely understand that Facebook ads can be a little bit intimidating and a little bit overwhelming because when I first started, I mean, I didn't have a lot of money to invest in Facebook ads. And so I wanted to make sure that I wasn't throwing my money away, that I was doing them the right way. So that's where I really dug in to learn how to do them the right way. And it paid off. So um, so now that's my passion to help other people stop wasting money with Facebook ads. Um, so with the pixel, it's extremely important. And luckily your audience is, you know, pretty tech savvy, but basically I am not a techie at, by any means, but I do know how to install a pixel. And so basically for each ad account, Facebook provides you with this code and you just copy and paste the code and put it into the, um, in between the header tags of your website. And so once you've got the pixel placed, and that's super important, and even if I try and encourage people, even if you're not ready to run Facebook ads right this minute or even this year, um, but maybe, you know, six months down the road, you might be, I encourage you to get the pixel placed on your website today because once you place it on your website, then that allows Facebook to begin to collect that data of your website visitors that six months down the road when you are ready 
to use that data to your advantage, you've got it collecting and building. So what you can do is you can create an audience of people who visited your website. And if they've been visiting your website, then they're likely interested in your topic and what you have to share, what you have to offer. So what you can do with that is you can, we've heard the term retarget um, them with ads, remind them of who you are, get in front of them with your Facebook ad. But you can also use um, the lookalike audience feature to find more people like them. And this is where we can really open it up to find many more people who are likely interested in your topic by creating a lookalike audience of your website visitors. Yeah, this so, is this is this is so uh, important, and I think this is something that not a lot of our listeners are doing, and they should be doing. Is uh, yeah, f- install the pixel, um, copy the code, paste it in your website, but use that data to to find out who's visiting your website. And now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but does do you do you get to see kind of the demographics of of those those visitors in Facebook? You can use um, the audience insights tool to dig a little deeper into those who are liking your page. And you can also pull in specific audiences into that to learn a little bit more about the demographics if the audience is large enough. Um, But so that is important. But then it also puts the hard work on Facebook to it'll match up the users. You know, whoever visits your website, if they have a Facebook account, then Facebook will create, you know, pull them into that audience. But then also it puts the hard work onto Facebook to create a lookalike audience of those people. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times people, when they get started with Facebook ads, they start into and go into the detailed targeting to try and find pages or interests and try and create this audience of people who they think are going to be interested. But really right. I've had great success with the lookalike audience option. So getting the pixel placed earlier will give um, Facebook more data so that they can create that audience and really refine it and get pretty accurate in my experience as to who is going to be a good fit to show your ads to. Yeah. I mean, Facebook has, you know, put billions of dollars into, you know, figuring out who people are and, and what they like and and how they're similar. And, and, you know, when you're clicking, they're liking different things and, and it, it builds a profile for you. And, and so to be able to see, Who's interested in your services, and then find people who who are like that to be able to to reach um, is so powerful, and it's something I don't think is it's ever been you know available um, in any other way other than maybe if you're like a billion dollar marketing agency and you have you know all these uh, all this data, um, but otherwise you know at at your fingertips literally you know you can be a solo consultant and at your fingertips you have billions of dollars worth of information about people that you can tap into and use to to target your ideal client. So um, so when we're thinking about targeting and lookalike audiences, um, is there kind of a, a sweet spot as far as um, you know the size? Do we want a, a huge amount or do are we trying to get like super target focused here? Well it depends. So for your audience a lot of people are running local businesses. So then that's going to be kind of dependent upon, you know, the size of the audience is going to be dependent upon the people in their area. Um, so for my clients who have more, you know, national audiences, um, then we will shoot for larger audiences in the one to 10 million or one to 10 million people range mm-hmm. um, to create those audiences just because we're looking at a national um, you know, area. Right. But so for those limited or for those local 
audiences, then I would still use the lookalike audiences so that we can make those um, one to two or one to 10 million um, audience sizes. And then we narrow them down to our region. And so whatever makes sense to your region, you know, if you're in a very populated place like New York City, your audience is going to be a lot larger than if you're in, you know, small town in Kansas. So yeah, so it kind of just depends. It on, will depend on, on, on your area. area. Now, um, so so we've got our our audience. Hopefully, we've installed the pixel. We've been gathering data. We've created an audience and a lookalike audience, and and we're ready to start targeting ads to them. Um, that that's kind of where I see a lot of the confusion coming because people don't know should I um, should I do uh, you know. Um, just like an image and a post, should I do a video? And then what is the action I want them to take? A lot of people do like, I want them to like my page. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, what are the best ads to create? Um, it probably depends, but if we're thinking of like local businesses, service businesses, uh, and then what kind of actions do we want to, to target for people to take? So strategy is hugely important. And this is where a lot of people, um, you know, they just, they get excited about Facebook ads. And so they just start, you know, boosting posts here or there. Um, and so creating that strategy of what, you know, determining what that action you, you want people to take is really important. So um, with a lot of my clients, they have, you know, blogs. And so we'll drive traffic to blog posts to get traffic to their site for super cheap. Um, so we will determine which blog posts are monetized and then we can drive traffic for super cheap. Um, to get people to their site. Um, we can also run conversion campaigns to get people added to the email list. And so if you've got um, a sales funnel in place where, you know, have people first opt into the email list, and then you have your follow-up series that introduces your, you know, services and offerings after that, that is where I would generally start for a local business. So first you want to capture that email um, so that you can follow up with them because um, give them something of value for free so that you can capture that email address. And then you can start to build the relationship from there, whether it's bringing them back to your blog or, you know, sending them some of your old blog posts that might be of value for them. Um, and then also introducing your services and really warming them up to what you can do. And then it allows you to stay in touch because if they're not, you know, at that perfect moment right now, ready to, you know, jump in and purchase your services, then they might, you know, building that relationship and, and staying in front of them as the go-to business, go-to person, you know, to off, to help them when they need it is going to be hugely important. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I think that's a mistake I see a lot is when people are running ads, they're looking for a direct return on investment. They're looking to make sales through the ads. And would it be safe to say that probably Facebook ads are almost better for other purposes like generating leads, like, you know, letting, um, building brand awareness, um, that kind of thing, rather than, you know, trying to get, tie your ad to direct sales. Yeah, I agree. I think that you need to build that relationship. Um, and so creating that brand awareness, so that can be, you know, that's what we're doing with the traffic campaigns to drive traffic to specific blog posts, and then um, to start to get people warmed up to getting to know you because with Facebook ads, it can be, you know, you have to think about the user on Facebook. They're there to interact with their friends and family and see what's going on, share their, you know, dog pictures and kid pictures and all of that. And, and so they're not maybe necessarily in the purchasing mindset at that point. Right. Whereas if somebody's typing in, you know, local computer repair, 
into Google, they're probably more in a buying mindset or, you know, ready to lay down their credit cards. So you've got to think about where they are. So you just want to be, you know, make yourself known as that resource for that when they are ready, then they know where to go to. So I think that's going to be the, the smarter use for Facebook ads. Plus it can be pretty expensive to show an offer up front before you've built that relationship just because of the nature of Facebook. Right. And, and so would you, um, now, now, what would be a good example of um, the type of ad you would show to a cold lead? Like, you're, it's just it's a lookalike audience. It's someone that you may have never heard of your business before, versus you know um, someone who is captured by your pixel as be ha- having visited your site. Are there should you be showing them different ads? And if so, what 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 are the different approaches you can take? I always like to test it, so mm. I like to test different versions of the ads. Um, so I like to test a variety of different audiences and then also test a variety of, you know, different ad variations. So, and the, the number one thing that I usually test is changing out the picture, the image, um, and then I'll test different headlines. So as far as like the image goes, if somebody's already familiar with you, then you might want to use, you know, if you're the face of your brand, then you might want to use your picture in the image. If you, you know, if maybe you've got a logo that they're familiar with because they visited your website, then you might want to you know, make sure that that's on the image. Um, if it's a cold audience, then you really want to just um, show them what the benefit is of working with you. And so if you're offering like to get people onto your email list, like a free report or something, then having an image of that free report or um, having the title of that free report in the image will be helpful. So focusing more on what they're looking to get and then with the warmer audience, um, you know, showing your face, if you're the face of the brand or your logo. But I do like to test both different kinds of images with both different kinds of audiences. You never know, right? I mean, exactly. that's and every and, and there, there's you can't have hard and fast rules for this because every business is different. Every area is different. And, and yeah, that's that's the cool thing with Facebook, though, is it allows you in the manager to like have a bunch of different ads and then see how they compare against each other. And then doesn't Facebook do something where it, it actually like can tell which one's performing and then it starts showing that more often? Yeah. So the way that I structure my campaigns, so in, in the ads manager, there are three different levels. So there's the campaign, which is the overarching umbrella. And I use that for each goal. So if I want to promote a lead magnet, I'll have it in its own campaign Um, And then within the campaign, I'll target different audiences in each ad set. So that's the second tier. And then um, the third tier is the ad. So you can have multiple ads showing to each ad set, which is where you're placing the audience. Um, However, to test it, I like to test out one ad per ad set. So if I'm doing like my lookalike website visitors audience, then I want to test out multiple ads for that audience, I'll have multiple ad sets for the lookalike website visitors audience. And then each one will have its own version of the ad. Hmm. So just because when you do, since you do have the ability, as you were saying, to load up multiple ads in that one ad set, and then Facebook will try and pick a winner and show, you know, push more of your budget um, toward that winner. I find that it doesn't give all of them enough of a chance. And so um, I like to have them go at least two to three days for the algorithm to figure out like who to show it to within the audience you select. And it kind of warms up to who is um, actually clicking and who is, you know, signing up or who is converting, what, who is taking that action that you want people to take. 
And so I like to give each ad its own chance by separating it out into the ad set. And the minimum is $5 per day per ad set. Okay. So then I know that I've got $5 going toward this ad, $5 going toward this ad, $5 going toward this ad. And so they're getting a fair chance. And then after two or three days, you're, you're understanding, you know, the cost per click or cost per conversion is cheaper on this one. So this is our winner, but give it, hmm. give it enough time to, to have that chance. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's something I, I hadn't tried before. I normally do load up a bunch of different ads in one thing and then let them fight it out. But right. that makes sense because, yeah, it does. It's usually like a day before Facebook thinks it knows which one is the best. And and you're right. Maybe it should wait a little bit longer. And um, that's good. That's a good good tip. Um, cool. So, you know, we're talking about the ads and, the, you know, you go to the ad manager and you can create ads and through your business page, but there's also the the option that they always give you to boost a post and they're, they push mm-hmm. that a lot. Like, Hey, you know, you can get so many more people to see this post if you would boost it. And and they're pushing that because they're, they're uh, you know, their organic algorithm is, is now making it that so that, you know, so few people who like your page are actually seeing your posts that you kind of have to boost. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on boosting and, and how do you decide what to boost versus what to create an ad around? And that can be confusing, I think. Well, what I think a lot of people, you know, when they want to get started with Facebook ads, they'll decide that I'm going to, you know, boost a post or I've heard people doing the strategy of like every, you know, new blog post I show, you know, share on my page, I'm going to boost, you know, $10 or whatever, just to get more eyes on it. And I, I like to have a a more overarching strategy with that because every time you are boosting a post, um, you are, you know, investing money into a, a Facebook ad campaign. So you are creating a campaign. So oh. my feeling is that boosting a post is is Facebook's low hanging fruit. They make it just so easy for you to hit that boost post button. And like you said, right. you know, they'll tell you like this post is performing eighty five percent better than all of your other posts. So of course, don't you want to give it a little bit more of a push? to get more eyes on it. Um, so they, they try and make it so simple. However, when you click that button, you are limited with the options that you have. So you are limited with the campaign objectives that you can choose. So if you go into the ads manager or the power editor, you have many more options. Um, but then also you're, they're doing better, but you're limited with the audiences. So you can, what, what most people do is when they, you know, they click the boost post button, they want to be done in three clicks and get their, you know, poop or post boosted and get more eyes on it. So they don't take the time to think through well, what is going to be, you know, what are my top audiences um, that I should be showing this to? And then also you're limited with placement. So where the ad is going to appear. So oh, with right. that, if you if you do have an ad that is already taking off and it's getting a whole bunch of likes and shares and you want to use that social proof, um, what you can do is you can pull in that post into an ad campaign in the ads manager. And then you can do the testing of, lo- of you know, pulling it into this ad set with our lookalike website visitors audience and then pulling it into this ad set with our lookalike fans audience and then into this um, and then pulling it into yet another ad set with our, you know, maybe it's our detail, our saved audience that we created using the detailed targeting of trying to, you know, plug in those interests and behaviors that would likely be interested. So then wow. you can so you test can, you, out you multiple can ta- audiences. You can take a post on your page and, and pull that into the ads manager. I didn't even know that. Yes. Oh, yeah. how, how do you do that? 
So when you go in and you're in the ad creation part in ads manager, you have, there are two tabs and, and it defaults to the create ad, but right next mm. to create ad, there's another little tab that says use existing posts. And if you click on that, then you can click a drop down and it'll show you by most recent, you know, all the posts on your page. So you can scroll in, scroll down and find, you know, that post that you want to pull in and it's super easy wow. and it'll already pull in because it's using that post, you know, that it's already got 15 likes and three comments and four shares. Yeah. So that helps yeah, you get some, a little push and get more eyes, you know, to take notice. Right. Cause I think some people want to boost it so that they can bump up the numbers on the post, you know, to, to, when people see it, they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, a hundred, a thousand people saw this and you know, 20 people liked it. It must be super important. Um, so I, I, that's, that's very cool. I did not know that. That's something I'm going to try. Um, so in the, uh, in the live stream here in the chat, uh, Brian has a, has a good point. He says, um, one of them, and I know Brian's been experimenting a lot with Facebook ads and he's been having some success in his business. Um, he says one of the most important features to get good Facebook ROI is the people audience that you can actually exclude from your boosted ads as much as who you include. Nothing worse than businesses spending advertising revenue targeting folks that can't afford their product or service and have zero interest or intention of ever buying in. I see this happening over and over again. So yeah, what do you think about um, you know excluding people versus including people in, in the audience? I, I do that and I like it. So I think that is smart. Um, so what you can do, you have a couple different ways you can do that. So if you are showing, you know, maybe you're trying to um, promote or get people into your funnel so that you can promote your service, um, you can upload your list of people of your customers already and you can exclude them. So you're not, you know, Uh spending money showing your ad to people who've already purchased your product Hmm. and, you know, maybe annoying them because they've already purchased it. Um, You can exclude, you know, any kind of audience. So if you're trying to just grow your email list, then of course we would um, exclude the email list from that audience. Because if people are, you know, already on your email list, they might show up in a lookalike audience, you know, look like fans or, you know, somewhere else because they are, you know, Facebook is going to likely group them in as likely to be interested in your offer. So um, exclude them. And then also what Brian was, was mentioning too, can't afford the product is you can narrow down your audience. So then you can say, you know, people in this audience, so look like website visitors, but then narrow it by those with an income of, you know, 50 to 150,000 or whatever. So you can narrow it to set those parameters of, Sure, these this audience is likely to be interested, but really, I know that the person who's going to buy, you know, has this kind of trait, and so you can narrow it that way. Very cool. All right. So what I what I kind of like to um, discuss also when we're talking about you know uh, marketing techniques, and I know uh, you you've done this a lot. You've you've kind of gone through the ringer, um, and you have lots of experience, and you've probably learned a lot of lessons and like what not to do. So maybe if you can kind of share with us some of the things that you've found are things to avoid, you know, mistakes you've made or you see other people making that people should avoid. Because really, you know, at the end of the day, when we're learning from others, we want to learn what not to do so we can avoid it and then do what we're supposed to do. Sure. So um, I find that there are three overarching themes of mistakes that I find that people make when getting started with Facebook ads. And so one of them is... um, a lack of commitment. 
And so my most successful clients, the ones where, you know, they are having that tremendous, you know, um, ROI with Facebook ads are the ones who have committed to learning and developing a Facebook ad strategy that is right for their business and helping them meet their goals. And so, cause a lot of times like I'll start working with a client and maybe the first thing we try or the first, you know, ad we run, it doesn't hit it out of the park, but then we try something else and there's always something, you know, to test and tweak. And as like the algorithm is extremely sophisticated. And so at, over time, it will get smarter as to learning who to show your ad to within the audiences you select. And it'll, you know, determine who is going to be more likely to opt in. So the, the longer the campaign is going, the smarter the algorithm will get. And so generally your, your costs will start high and then they'll come down over time. So that is something to be aware of. Um, and then the second one is really a lack of strategy. So we've talked about that, just getting very clear on what you're using your ad dollars for. And that's why, you know, another reason why I'm not a big fan of boosting posts is um, because I feel like over the long term, if you were to take, you know, every time you boost a post here or there, $10 here, $30 there, if you were to take that collectively and put it into a campaign where you've thought it through, you've created um, um, a strategic ad to get it in front of the right people, then you're going to have more bang for your buck going through the testing process. Um, so that's super important. And then the third one is a lack of education. So people will get, um, I mean, as business owners, it's really important that we take action, you know, but with Facebook ads, if we take action too quickly and we haven't learned um, how to create the campaigns and what goes into a high converting ad, you know, and who we should be targeting, then that's where we can end up, you know, having enormous costs and then getting frustrated and turning it off. And then that's when we walk away and say, Oh, yeah. I'm not going to waste money on Facebook ads again. So that's what I see are the three biggest mistakes. Um, but then the most important thing that you can do when creating an ad campaign is to test. So test different audiences, test different um, versions of your ad. And the two biggest things, as I mentioned, that I like to test are the image um, or the visual. So you could test, you know, a video versus an image as well. And then the headline, those are generally be the, the first two things that catch people's attention um, and can have a big impact on costs and results. Great. Yeah. So I think it all comes down to really, you know, not being just fly by the seat of your pants with this stuff, right? You got to have right. a strategy. You got to, first of all, you have to learn about, you know, the, how to put together a strategy and what works and what doesn't really dig into it and figure it out put together a strategy and then keep, keep tweaking and testing and, and be in it for the long haul because, you know, you're hopefully you're in your, you're running your business for the long haul and you plan on staying or staying around for a while. Um, so, you know, why not treat your, your Facebook ad campaigns the same way and any, anything you do in marketing, whether it's, you know, Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, uh, all the stuff we talk about on this show, um, you know, just trying it once and then and then forgetting about it is not going to help. You got to be consistent and keep keep testing, and keep trying. So I'm glad you 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 mentioned that because that's real important to me, and and I think we try to drive that home on the show as well. Cool. So you know that kind of brings us also to um, what what you're offering. You have a course um, called uh, Flourish with Facebook Ads. Now you mentioned that um, you know this is to help bloggers. And online experts and coaches, um, folks listening might think that they don't fall into that, but I think all um, IT business owners should consider them uh, themselves as experts and coaches 
because really you're you're coaching your clients and you should be an expert in your field and you are marketing your your services online. Um, so I you know I think that that um, they can find value in in something. Uh, that's geared in, in that direction. So why don't you tell folks a little bit about your program and what, what you're offering? Sure. So I ended up, since I started off with coaching myself, um, I I knew that it was time over the summer to create this course because I there was just an increase in demand of, you know, once word started getting out that I was somebody who could help with Facebook ads, um, my schedule has been full all year long with coaching clients, which is a good problem to have. So I knew that I wanted to offer something where I could help more people, but still give them the support that they need um, outside of my private clients. And so I've tried to design this in a way that that gives that support to more people. So I've created a course. Um, it's six modules. And so it's very easy to digest, but each module goes through a core component. So um, the first one is laying the foundation. The second one is strategy, you know, I take you through how to develop a strategy for your business. And then we go deep into audiences and different very, you know, versions of the ad creative and really structuring um, a strategic ad. So how there's very methodical approach that I've learned over this last year plus and doing Facebook ads then in placing and creating the ad so that it converts well and what captures attention and will entice people to take action. So I go over all of that with case studies and examples, and then also, you know, diving into the ads manager and the power editor and how do you, you know, where do you need to point and click and what do all those settings and options mean and what is really necessary and, you know, and when do we use them in which situations and then going through the testing and tweaking and refining um, process. So I take you through all of that in the course. And then on top of that, because I do want to give that support um, and have the opportunity for feedback. Um, I have a Facebook group, of course. And so we have that. And then also, um, I do offer live coaching calls twice a month, where we dive into hot seats and answer any questions. And I share, you know, updates of this is what I'm experiencing with my clients right now. And this is what's happening right now. And you know, this might be a good thing to think about this time of year. And so we talk about all that. So I, I've tried to structure it in a way where I can give that feedback and support and, um, you know, encouragement to everybody taking through the course. And I've had people go through and, um, you know, share what they're doing and their strategies that they're, um, that they're using from the course in the Facebook group. And then we give feedback and suggestions as a community. And so that's it, very cool. It, yeah, it's really um, it's been live since September, but we've got a great community, active community in there already, and um, people are experiencing great results. So that's really exciting to see. Yeah, I love, you know, that's uh, sometimes that's worth the price of admission alone is having a group of like minded people who are all, you know, who all learned along the same track. So they all, you're talking the same language, and then you can bounce ideas off each other. And, uh, you know, I've, I've signed up for a couple courses in the past where, you know, they have a, a vibrant online community and it's just, it makes it so worth it to have, you know, smart people who know what they're talking about to bounce ideas off of. And then the, co- the, the coaching calls and, and all that stuff is, sounds like a, a super bargain and it's, and for all that stuff, the price you're charging is, is a steal. Um, and you were very kind to give listeners of the show an exclusive offer of $20 off. 
Um, so we have a, a special link for that, and I'm going to put that in the show notes as well as in the Facebook chat here. Um, so you guys can go to computerbusinessmarketing.com slash FBads, um, or it looks like FBads, which I, <laughs> right. I, didn't, I didn't notice until I, I just pasted it in there. Um, so computerbusinessmarketing.com FBads, and that'll, uh, that'll get you that, uh, that deal. And, and um, you guys should check that out. I mean, I've been, you know, this year I've, I've, I owe a lot of my success to the, the, some of the courses I've taken and there's, there's no better way to learn how to do something right than to learn from someone who like, like we said, has made all those mistakes has, has come out the other side successful. Um, why reinvent the wheel, right? Just, you know, learn from the best. Um, so that's definitely highly recommended. Um, and then of course you offer the, um, do you still do the, the coaching, the private coaching? I, yeah, I definitely still do private coaching. Um, I am booked through the rest of the year and probably through January at least. And so it is limited. However, um, I am offering smaller packages of people who go through the course at a lower rate than my private, like my general private coaching oh, that makes sense. packages. Yeah. Cause I want to, um, you know, give my students a break because they've gone through the course and so they probably don't need as much of the handholding as my, as my private clients go, um, you know, do when they sign up to work with me. So I have smaller packages that I offer, um, to the students in the course. And so, and to get the $20 off though, they do need to use promo code Matthew 20. Okay, cool. Matthew 20. Matthew 20. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. Cool guys. Um, so check that out. Uh, computerbusinessmarketing.com slash FB ads promo code Matthew 20. I'll, I'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well. Let me make a note of that. Um, Awesome. So thank you, Monica. Uh, stick around because um, I'm going to have ask you for some of your uh, input on, on some of the stuff that's going on in the Facebook group. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to do a quick shout out to our second sponsor, and that is Computer Business Breakthrough. Uh, Computer Business Breakthrough is the course that I put together with my friend Lisa Hendrickson. Um, you know Lisa as the um, Office 365 and Outlook guru. And you guys might know me as the website guru. And so we teamed up to uh, put together a course on how to become your own guru in your own you know, special niche in the IT services business. So both Lisa and I had a lot of success by focusing in on a very narrow uh, services niche within the IT world. Uh, and we, you know, we did a lot of things to build up our audience and to uh, build up authority and, you know, all, all of that work that I did to do that really paid off like this Black Friday weekend where I had, you know, the best weekend of my entire business life. And I owe that to a lot of the lessons we teach in Computer Business Breakthrough, which, you know, is, is building an audience, is providing value, is um, doing a lot of the, the marketing with blogging and SEO and websites and, and podcasting and videos and, and all that stuff that we do, along with um, we show you, you know, how to price yourself as, as an expert. Um, how to be able to charge those premium prices, um, some of the secrets uh, that you can do so that you're not always competing on price. Uh, and then we also get into even, you know, some of the processes and the systems we use, um, how we hire, you know, VAs or outsource to different places to, to help us in our journeys. That way we can stay lean and nimble um, and just be solo consultants, but yet we still have a team of people helping us. Um, but they're not on our payroll, which is nice. Uh, and, uh, and then um, at the end of the course, we have a couple modules about um, business operations and scaling. 
and keeping track of finances. Uh, Lisa opens up her financial spreadsheet and actually shows you, you know, how she keeps track of um, the money coming in and out of her business, and and it's really interesting. Um, and we both have different philosophies. That's the other cool thing about uh, this course is because it's being taught by two different people, you get two different perspectives on everything. Um, sometimes there's things we agreed on. Sometimes there's things we we didn't agree on, and we do totally different ways. And the cool thing that we've heard from students who have gone through the course is they can relate to one or the other, and they can relate to the way I'm doing it or the way she's doing it, and then they'll take on that that way of doing it. Um, so it's really cool like that. Um, you're, it's not just one person talking at you the entire time. It's the two of us having conversations, telling stories, having discussions, and teaching you how we do things. Um, so check it out. Uh, it's at computerbusinessbreakthrough.com. And you know, like we've been saying, it's it, taking courses, I think, is the best way to really accelerate your business. So, so I'd love for you to, uh, to check that out. All right, so uh, back to Monica here. We got, uh, so I'm changing things up a little bit in this episode. So previously what we did is we looked in the uh, computer business marketing Facebook group to to find uh, some of the more popular posts and, and see what's been going on and kind of talk about it. That was at the beginning of the show, but I was feeling like that was kind of uh, derailing and distracting from the main topic of the show. So this episode, I wanted to try to get into the main topic sooner and then uh, save the Facebook post for the end of the show. So let's let's try this out. So the first post that I wanted to talk about was, and it relates perfectly to this um, this topic. It's about Facebook, but this was um, something that I mentioned in the group as as a test that I wanted people to try out. And what I said was, for me, I've found that f- engagement in Facebook groups has been off the charts. You know, better than forums, better than. Uh, news lists, email lists, better than you know Twitter. I've been able to interact with my ideal clients the best and and closer through Facebook groups than any other platform that I found in the past. So for me, I, I've seen that it's been very contagious, or not, cont- not contagious, um, uh, very effective. I don't know where contagious came from, um, but uh, so. What I said was try creating a private Facebook group for your own computer business customers. Run it like uh, the computer business marketing group where, you know, you share helpful tips and ask questions. You're not pitching or selling anything. You're just kind of establishing yourself as the go-to person. And then, you know, you can see how more engaged your clients are with you in that group than like your regular Facebook page, for example. Uh, And then, uh, you know, you'll find that maybe you'll create more loyal fans. You'll get more repeat business and more referrals because of that group. Um, so I was, I was just encouraging folks to give it a shot. Uh, some of the comments we got on that was, you know, a lot of folks were hesitant. Um, I got some pushback from people saying, well, it's going to be a lot of work to manage it. Um, what am I going to do if, you know, somebody goes rogue and starts, you know, complaining about my services or trying to offer their own help or trying to sell their own services in the group. And, um, and and so there, there were a lot of, uh, you know, hesitance around that. Um, so what I tried to offer was, you know, that, yeah, there, there can be some risks there, but because it's your group, you really, you have ultimate control over all this stuff. And there's lots of st- things you can do in a Facebook group. For example, you can require that every post is approved by you before it's posted in the group. So if you're really feeling like, you, you know, the people in your group might get out of hand, you can turn that on. And then that way, every post has to go through you before it gets published. Um, and then of course, you know, there's, there's other things you can do by moderating and making it a private group. So you only let in the people you want to let in. 
Um, something else I offered as as a tip was to you know make sure you establish good group rules at the at the beginning and then post it at the top of the group. You know, no spamming, no you know, be nice, all that stuff. It might seem obvious, but just having those rules there. Um, make it so that when you need to start maybe kicking people out because they're they're getting crazy, you can point back to the rules saying, "Well, you, you weren't following my rules. Uh, I got to kick you out." Rather than you know just saying, "Hey, I'm kicking you out because I didn't like you know like what you were saying." Um, so so I find that kind of helps you um, retain some some semblance of control over the group. And really, the, the groups I've had have never had those kinds of problems before. There are always you know people are very uh, cordial and willing to help. So the the cool thing was that Dave Greenbaum mentioned that he's going to start his own group, and the group idea that he has for his customers is, um, let's see if I can find it here. It's going to be a support group for people who have fallen victim to uh, to to scams, online scams, phishing scams, those kind of things. Because he's seen that a lot these days, especially like some of his elderly clients and and folks like that are you know falling prey to these scams multiple times. So they. They fall victim to the tech support scam, and then you know a few months go by. Especially if you're older, your memory is not as great, and they just they they fall for the same thing again, and they get swindled out of hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars because of that. So he decided to create kind of a support group for those people, and I think that is that is a genius idea. I think that's great. It's going to build loyalty among those clients. It's going to let them know that you're there for them. They can start swapping st- stories with each other, and then you can jump in and be the expert and help them out through all of that stuff. Um, so that that's a great idea. Um, think about you know niches like that that you can create groups out of, uh, and um, and then see how that goes. I know Monica, you've had some experience with groups too. You have like the private uh, group for your your program, um, and you've had some other groups. What has your been your experience been with those? So my first um, Facebook group was for my around my first blog and helping people get out, get out of debt. So we were you know all getting out of debt. So I find that. Having a common, you know, goal or theme, um, purpose, you know, something that you can all unite around um, is is really important. And so, but it was a great experience to support each other. And then, yes, I do have my um, Facebook group for my course. And so we're all, you know, working on Facebook ads and growing our businesses. And so, um, so we have a lot in common with that. And so, but I, what I was going to suggest, which you already said, is having very clear rules that. Um, you know, just be very clear about what you want people to share in the group and what you don't want people to share in the group. And yep. so as long as you're clear about that and you post it where people can see it, then um, then most of the time, like I haven't, you know, had hardly any problems. But if you do find somebody that's not following the rules and they're just clearly there for self-promotion or something like that, or they're, you know, too negative or whatever to keep the group, you know, light and fun, then you know, you can, you can just kick them out and it's pretty easy to do so. So, um, but I found it great for building community and like you said, establishing yourself as the authority and the expert. And then don't worry about, you know, other people coming in who might also offer the same services that you do. Um, But because you're still the group creator and as long as you're active in the group, then, you know, people will still respect you as the person and the other person might just, you know, clearly just want to help and participate. So yeah, it's it's always been a good experience for me. Yeah. And I I feel if you participate a lot, that helps set the tone for the group. I I found that with the computer business marketing group is I 
try to be every day post something helpful and and participate in it and have a positive attitude and i i feel like that is contagious and people try to to mimic that as well um if you have a negative attitude or you just don't show up in the group at all then it you know it's people what is it the uh the inmates run the prison, right? right. <laughs> they start to, um, people can start just doing whatever they want. So, you know, e- even just the act of participating regularly kind of sets the tone. So, And you can even get ahead of that too and plan like certain theme days, like Motivation Monday was a big yep. one, you know, in the Debt Freedom Group, like share, you know, motivational theme or video or, you know, whatever. And um, so you can kind of, you know, have theme days and then if um, you are going to have, you know, that potential of a lot of people wanting to promote their service or whatever, um, then you can have like a, you know, promo Friday or something like in this right. thread, you know, yeah. promote whatever you want. And then at least it's contained in that thread. Right. Uh, that's beautiful. Yep. It's a good idea. Cool. Um, awesome. So, yeah, you know, try, it, I don't think it would hurt too much to just try it, try a group. Um, I think, you know, as long as you heed some of this advice and try to focus it around a, spe- a very specific topic. Um, it could be a good move. Uh, cool. Uh, the other post I wanted to talk about really quick, I'm not going to spend too much time the, on this because we're, we're about out of time. And this is something that we've talked about a lot before, but someone brought it up in the group. Should I display prices on my website or not? That's a hot topic. Lots of comments about it. And uh, lots of people have opinions. Um, and, you know, there was about equal yes and no's. Uh, among those opinions, um, just really quick, I summarize some of the, the the points for putting prices on your website that people said in the the post. They said it it helps establish transparency so that it doesn't look like you know you're hiding your prices because you're you're jacking it up for certain people. Um, it helps you weed out the cheap clients if you have higher prices and you put that on your website. Um, then the cheap you know the people looking for a bargain are going to go elsewhere. Um, it, you, normally, it's good. It's a good move if your primary client is residential uh, computer repair, because um, a lot of times they're they're looking for prices, and if they don't see it, they're going to move on to the next place. Um, uh, uh, but one of the co- you know one of the big downsides to putting a price on your website is it might lead to to people to shop around. So they'll you know, and this and I'm guilty of this, right? If I'm looking for like a a, ha- a home services business or something, and I haven't gotten good recommendations from my friends. I'll you know look at a few places and open a bunch of tabs in Google and and be going back and forth comparing uh, services and prices and stuff and and that's you know that might not be the position you want to be in um, as as a business uh, and then some of the the uh, points for um, not putting prices on your website include uh, it gives you flexibility to adjust your price pricing as needed so you might be servicing uh, business and residential clients and you might want to have a higher price for business versus residential. Um, there might be other factors involved that it's too hard to explain on a website, so you just don't want to put the prices there to begin with. Um, it's also good for, um, or it forces the user to call you for more information. Now, that's a good point, right? If you don't put prices on the website and they are in, truly interested in your services, they, they will give you a call to, to ask about the price, and then that gives you an opportunity to continue that conversation and maybe you know, dig deeper into their problems and craft a perfect solution that then no matter what the price is, they're going to go for it because, because you, you crafted that solution for them. So just some things to think about me. I, I'm, I agree with all, all of the above really. It's, I think it's a personal decision. It's something you have to think about, take all those factors into consideration. If you're mainly focusing on business projects, you probably don't want to publish your prices. If you're mainly focusing on residential 
break fix hourly type of things might be a good idea to throw it on there. Where do you, what side of the fence do you fall there, Monica? Well, this is something that I thought a lot about um, for my own coaching packages. You know, should I post my prices or not? And so what I've done is I put my starting price. So packages start at, you know, and then um, because my, over this past year, my business has grown so much that my prices have also grown so so like fairly quickly. And so then it's just fairly, you know, it's easy for me to go in and edit and update that really quickly. Um, so that's where I've found the happy medium, but I also want it to be very clear because um, when I onboard a client, I have a conversation with them to make sure we're both a good fit, you know, and that working together, you know, in the way that I usually work with my clients is going to be, you know, exactly what they need. And so I think that I'm at this point where I need to be maybe just a little bit more clear about, um, you know, what my prices are and how much they expect to spend on Facebook ads on, you know, on top of that. And so that's something that I'm considering as well. But for right now, um, what I've been doing is putting my, you know, packages start at price. Yep. Yeah. I, I, that's a great idea. And, and that's a good uh, kind of almost mixture, right? You have a starting out price, but you know, then it, it can, it can vary from there depending. And, and that, you know, I do both. I mean, I, for tech site builder, the price is right there on the, on the, on the, on the website for my website consulting business. I don't post rates because they vary so much depending on the project and depending on the needs. Um, some website developers do put a price like this is what, what it costs for us to build you a website. For me, there's so many different variations. I don't like to box in, um, in into a price like that. So, you know, it's like, like I said, it's, it's a personal decision, something you have to think about. Um, cool. So, um, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Monica, great stuff. Um, this is one of our longer episodes, which means there's a ton of value in there. So I appreciate uh, you sticking around and, and offering all those great tips. A lot, lot of stuff that I'm going to be implementing right away. Um, so, you know, if folks want to find out more about you, um, you know, social media, website, any, any place people can, can find out more. Sure. So my website is monicalouie.com, L-O-U-I-E. And I can be found at face, on Facebook, of course at monicalouie.com slash Facebook. And I also, if it's okay with you, um, I wanted to offer a free guide um, that goes through just the five questions you need to answer before you get started with Facebook ads. So even if you've already been doing Facebook ads, you know, make sure you've got these questions answered um, so that you can plan out your strategy ahead of time before you get into the ads manager to create your campaign. And it'll help you, you know, save time and money on your next campaign. So you can find that at monica slash matthew awesome yep we love free stuff <laughs> and uh and that that sounds like a good way to get a quick win um i'm trying to post that link in the facebook chat and it tried to tag my name <laughs> oh right <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry about that but there it is okay cool um awesome guys so uh, that's going to do it for this episode thank you monica again and and we'll keep in touch um you gave me a recommendation i'm not going to to um, ask you here on the show, but you gave me a recommendation for someone who can talk to us about local business marketing and AdWords and SEO. So I'm going to reach out to uh, Chanel and and get her on the show. So I appreciate that recommendation. Thanks for being on and let's keep in touch. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. All right, guys. So let's keep the conversation going. As you know, uh, we have a website, computerbusinessmarketing.com. Head on over there. 
if you want access to all of the previous episodes and to see the links for the show notes, any of the links we mentioned, um, that will be there. Also, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Uh, lots of good conversations going on there. Just search Computer Business Marketing in Facebook. Uh, and then request access. We have a couple questions that we ask you uh, before you can join just to make sure that you are a computer business owner um, or you're related somehow or I know you or, you know, so, so I, I just to, so I can make sure that you'd be a good fit. Um, and also, if you uh, listen to the podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, I uh, would love to get a review. Uh, let me know what you think of the podcast. Uh, just be honest. You know, I'm not looking for a glowing review. If, if you got some, some <laughs> but, uh, you know, something... That some chip on your shoulder that you don't like about the podcast, let me know. I just love the feedback. So let me know uh, in iTunes and Stitcher. Both of those places have a place where you can leave a review. Um, I love hearing the feedback. Finally, don't forget uh, to check out our sponsors, Tech Site Builder and Computer Business Breakthrough. Thank you for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella saying here's to your success. Your success.